Ting Sing. You are officially welcome to the very first Saints Cast episode, the first of many, and I, I am so excited for what is to come, and I, I really hope you are too. There is so much in store for you, and if if I was you, I would do the following right away. Open your preferred podcast app, um, search for the Saints Cast, look for the one <laughs> with our cool black logo, subscribe, and hit the notifications bell to take a front row seat. Now, it is it is possible that it might not yet be available on every podcast platform out there, but trust us, we are working on that. And actually, if you cannot find us on your preferred app, send us an email to let us know. Our email address is thesaintscast256 at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-S-A-I-N-T-S-C-A-S-T-256 at gmail.com. Guys, it's going to be lit, and I assure you, you are not ready. But you'll get a taste of the good stuff today. Today, we meet a saint. You're about to listen to a conversation I, Malcolm Kawoya, and Miss Denise Kurunji had with a one Reverend Captain Gideon Muhima. He had some great stuff to tell us about his new journey of fatherhood. I was blessed. I hope you will be too. Welcome to the Saints Cast. Greetings, guys. Maybe we could start off by just introducing ourselves. My name is Malcolm Kawoya, the host today. And we have my co-host. Dr. Denise. I don't know if I have to add the doctor yet, but yeah. Denise. For us, we want you to add it. Yeah, and our guest today, he will introduce himself. And as he introduces himself, he'll also tell us how he is. All right. Gideon Mwesugomuhima. Uh, the title is usually that people ask, uh, Reverend Captain. I am youth pastor, All Saints Cathedral, as of now. And I am, uh, let's see, I'm a new father, husband to one, and deprived of sleep. Yeah, it's quite, quite, quite the experience. I, I am truly grateful. I've been blessed to have a young man, Caleb, Norway, Jaden, Mima. I'm married to Linda, of course. Wow, awesome. How is Linda? Linda is such an amazing mother. I knew she was going to be a great mother. I just didn't know how much greatness she had. And I am blown away. I'm blown away by how such a great mother she is. She thinks of everything when it comes to the young man. Sometimes I'm even jealous. I'm like, I'm love this sight. Uh, but it's amazing to just watch, <laughs> watch her care for the young man. It's incredible. Gideon, how much has life changed? You mentioned being sleep deprived. Do you want to hear more? Hey, Woo, Lord. Um, so we're trying to put this baby on a schedule and it feels like the baby's laughing at us. Like, you guys are kidding. So the baby's supposed to sleep at least three hours and then be fed throughout the day. Okay, so try to put him to bed at 9, 30, mm. but, but he sleeps about 10 and then by midnight, He's awake, he's fed, and then two, and then four, and then six. And uh-huh. in between the feedings, it takes another hour to sleep. So by the time, there are some days when you're just a zombie, you're zonked. 
like I don't want to see the world right now. I just want to sleep. Um, um, and then of course I'm going back. I'm I'm going back to work. So there's that. There is a lot of demand. I mean, a lot of work to be done at the church can be crazy. Mm. So there's no time left for you. There's it's, it brings a whole new perspective to dying to self. Speaking of dying to self, are there things you feel you are learning in this new season of your life? <laughs> yeah, I could write a book about this, these things that I'm learning. I, I think that there's something that's amazing about how this human being has come into this world and God has given this human being to me to take care of. In the next 18 years, everything about him depends chiefly on me. It's profound once you become a parent. Like it can be said like that when you're not a parent and it's just words, right? Like you can't really understand until you become a parent, until you see this child for yourself and they're depending on you for the next 18 years. And, and so I think for me, that reality hit home hard and gave me a whole new appreciation for fatherhood. And because he's a young man, you know, I'm going to be discipling this guy for the next 18, 20 years. And whatever he becomes will be as a direct result of what I have taught or have not taught. So that becomes, that becomes weighty for me, very heavy. And it then means I have to absolutely depend on the Lord for his leading. I can't depend on my wit and my wisdom. And so my prayer is that God will keep me alive long enough to impact his life in a Christ-like way. Mm. That all he will ever know is that a man a true man ought to pursue a resemblance mm. with Christ. That is one of the biggest lessons I have learned. I appreciate my dad for the effort he put in to just that for me. And it is making so much more sense now. It's like a whole new mm. ball game, a whole new lesson for me to know that my prayer is that my son will define manhood masculinity in terms of Christ-likeness. Amazing. I, I definitely want us to dive into uh, your experience with your father. But I, I also wanted to ask, and I think Denise also wanted to ask, are there any reasons for the names, the names you selected? So the name is Norway Caleb Jaden Muhima. So Caleb, I have always wanted to name my child Caleb from the time I was 10 years old. Wow. I always loved Caleb, yes. Um, particularly because, well, first of all, it rolls off the tongue nicely. But number two is because of the character in the Bible, Caleb, or some would call him Caleb. He was brave. He outlived his generation and perhaps even the next one because of his faithfulness, because of his courage, because he was a man apart in his generation and he was rewarded for it. So I admired that kind of character. We're hoping that our son will emulate as much. Norway is a name that Linda kind of like dropped in her spirit. Excuse my language. <laughs> dropped in her spirit <laughs> and and I was in complete agreement with it. Norway means to directly translate it. He is his. He is the Lord. Mm. And uh, for Caleb to emulate that kind of character of the person in the Bible, he'll have to belong to the Lord. That's the only way that's going to happen. Uh, Jaden means thankfulness of gratitude. So we're grateful to God for giving us this challenge. And, and part of the reason why we are grateful was because the entire journey to giving birth was such a miracle. It was such a miraculous journey. And I would imagine everyone who gives birth goes through that kind of a journey. 
so I'm imagining in my head seven billion miracles in the world. I, I am in awe of God and how miraculously it took us through this process to bring this child into the world. So many things could have gone wrong, but God in his mercy chose Caleb comes out and no more child. Even to the point of birth, it was very possible to lose both the mother and the child because there were complications with the birth and so she had to go into an emergency section. And the doctor said, had she pushed, had she insisted on pushing, we would have lost both of them. Wow. And this is after the ordeal of Linda contracting COVID during the pregnancy, where one night we also thought we were losing heart. So it's been a miraculous journey in this time. And so Jaden is just gratitude to God. Thank you, Lord, for taking us through this. And then Muhima is the family name, my dad's name, and my name. And he is going to take on the legacy, hopefully, as a believer and a preacher man. So that's it. Wow, that's a powerful <laughs> answer to that question. I didn't know it was uh, that deep. I'm glad we yeah. asked. Oh, does he have a nickname already? I don't know if I had a nickname, but I know I have a cousin who they call Bujibu up to now. Bujibu. He's like six years old. Does he have? <laughs> yeah, there is an endearing term. Okay, there are many endearing names that are given, especially in our language. But the name Caleb has been butchered because of a language barrier <laughs> from our end. You know, they call Caleb Caleb or Kareb or Korebu, something like that. So one of his aunties has started calling him Kayeb, as in K-A-Y-E-B. <laughs> um, and, and, and then his mother caught on. It sounds sweet. And uh, so she calls oh, him Kayeb when she's trying to quieten him. Kayeb, Kayeb. Bambi, uh, the young man. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have tried to maintain some sense of stability uh, in naming him. So I call him Noe. Noe is simple. It just, it goes out the mouth simply. Yeah. So I'm like, Noe, Noe, Noe. He comes down, partly because of the voice, I suppose. Apparently, <laughs> I have a voice. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, the other term is Bojojo. Bojojo is uh, the boy of boys because he's the firstborn child to my dad's firstborn son. So Bojojo is the, the other name. Yeah, speaking of your dad, do you yeah. think how you were raised by your father is already defining you as a father? Absolutely, absolutely. I think that any young man who becomes a father there are certain aspects of whoever shaped their view of fatherhood are seen in their own practice of fatherhood. And so my dad is perhaps the greatest influence as far as my understanding fatherhood is concerned. And so the way he loved and cherished us and cared for us and loved us deeply, we knew that he could lay his life down for us. I see that a lot more clearly now when I see my own son uh, look back at me with these innocent eyes, with this helpless body, you know, just looking at me and saying, my life is in your hand. And I can imagine my dad doing the same thing, looking at me and in his own way, committing to just protect and shield and cherish us and hold us until we were able to be our own men. And that is, for me, the best gift he has ever given me the gift of knowing what true fatherhood is. That it is not without its mistakes. He wasn't perfect. He wounded me growing up. But now I look back and he didn't have a, an excellent childhood himself. If anything, he had perhaps the typical rough childhood. Born in a polygamous home, his father dies at the age of eight. And then, of course, there's a breakdown in the family. 
and you have jealousy, you have intrigue, you have all sorts of chaos. And he is growing up in all of that violence that was going to shape him until he met Jesus. And then he surrounded himself with people that he could now look up to. Top on the list was a bishop called Bishop Festo Chijenje, who then shaped the way he viewed fatherhood. As we were growing up, you could see snippets of his past because he didn't know better, but he was hell-bent on learning how to do better. And I think that that is what was most amazing about being my father in those early years. And even now, like I can sit with him and we have a discussion, we talk about fatherhood, and it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how our relationship has grown through the years and what impact he has had on my life uh, is reflected in the way I am now being a father to know. Has, has he been around like a stay over at your home or those drop-in visits um, and then you have a conversation or it, is he able to see you um, interact with Caleb and then chip in and like, have that conversation? Well, we, yeah, we, yeah, we've had several visits. So I live not more than 10 minutes away live close by also we 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 call each other regularly um and you know we just have conversations but we've been meeting up i've dropped in at their home he's dropped in at ours and we've just been having conversations along those lines there are times i catch him just taking in the moment mm -hmm. in that moment i can see a wealth of history that is just running before him and he's just looking back and seeing how he was just like me some 30, mm -hmm. some 36 years ago. <laughs> and in just that loop, there is so much he has communicated. And if there's one thing that I am certain is that he's proud of me and he is excited that he lived through the years and impacted me this way because now he sees the fruit of his labor, of his discipleship 36 years later. And it encourages me to want the same for my son, Caleb, you know, 30 years now. I will look through time and remember this moment when I stood with my dad and held mm -hmm. this kid and all the hopes and dreams we had for each other are coming to fruition. This, I believe, is how we are going to impact community. That's the hope. That's a beautiful picture right there. Of course, you are new to this fatherhood thing and uh, yeah. you have your dad who did a good job. Uh, do yeah. you ever have any doubts in your ability to be a good father? That is an interesting question. I have had a number of those. I doubt myself, and especially because I, I have compared myself to dad or, you know, guys that I have watched closely and how amazing they are in them being fathers. Uh, and I've kept asking myself, am I going to be anywhere close to this? Or am I a fraud? Is, is Caleb going to look up to me and one time, one day say, I would never have wanted any other kind of father but you. And sometimes uh, those thoughts make me panic from within. Some, there are times when I don't know how, I don't know what to do, but you know, life is what it is. I now have a son. I have to, to live life in such a way that I will do the best I can to be a father. Um, but one of the things that for me has inspired me or encouraged me again, especially through my dad, when I asked him one day, were you ever scared about having a child? Uh, or when you saw me the first time, were you terrified by it? His answer in a simple way was, no, I was not terrified. I was excited to have you. I was like, whoa. In spite of his background, in spite of what may have discolored the idea of fatherhood, God turned it around and gave him the courage and he was excited to have me. And I felt that excitement all through my years. 
this day, I feel that excitement. Every time I go visit him, every time I call him, I feel the excitement in his voice that he enjoys being my father. And that in and of itself excites me. And then I'm thinking like how much more God the father, how much more excited is he to be my mm-hmm. father. And if he is excited to be my father and he's the one who created me and he has this plan, he definitely is the kind of father who is going to equip me. If my earthly father could equip me as best as he could with what little he had, how much more my father in heaven. And so I have settled in that. I have found my comfort in that, knowing that God has got me. God is the father. I am simply uh, a vessel. And that name, Noe, keeps reminding me keeps reminding us that he, Caleb, belongs to God for the father first. And so I needn't worry about how great a father I'm going to be. I need to concern myself about how well Caleb is going to know the true father, the source of life. Oh, yeah. yes. And uh, Caleb had to feature there a bit. He was feeling yeah. left out. <laughs> is your father the only father figure that... You first of all get to have conversations with these or are there younger fathers that you get to interact with? Of course, I'm, I'm thinking about your brother as I talk about this, but yeah. are there other fathers you get to walk this journey with? Absolutely. Well, first of all, my dad had amazing friends as well, has amazing friends. Some of them have passed on, but he has quite a number of amazing friends who took the responsibility to care for me as well. So my dad ensured that I'm surrounded with the kind of people that would help me grow even where he is not. And so there were those. At the same time, my peers, they are some excellent gentlemen. Zach Chisembo, my brother Mark, a guy called Mujunga Edgar, quite a number of guys who have journeyed with me through life. And I have gotten to deeply appreciate their fatherhood. And my best man, Reverend John Musa Okoy, one who opened his home just so that I may be able to witness what it is like to be a father, uh, a priest, what it is like to have the kind of father's heart that I need to learn from. All of these have shaped me. This is what I was saying. God has equipped me by giving me all these people that surround me. If I failed at being a father, it is because I have chosen intentionally to fail. It's not because I, I didn't know better or I didn't have what it took to be a, a good father. No, I have everything uh, that I could possibly have for me to be a father that God wants me to be. I think there'll be a number of young fathers listening to this who may have their own fears. Uh, do you have any other fears apart from your ability to be a good father that you think young yes. men have and how have you been wrestling with them? That's an excellent question. Apart from the fear of, of failing as a father, I think an even graver fear is doing the best you can and the boy turns out weird, queer, strange, faithless. I, I think that those are real concerns because you, you get to see that. And, and the judgment that will come with it, maybe I didn't teach him right, or maybe there was an influence. I shouldn't have made a decision like putting him in a particular school or making a, a move to a different city or to a different town or to a different church that changed the course of history as we know it. You begin to think that what if I make the wrong choice in a timeline and it directly affects my son's choices and my son's eventual place of eternity. Where is he going to spend his eternity? Uh, oh, so yes, that's the other thing, you know. As a theologian, <laughs> I've had to ask myself, is he going to be with the Father? Or am I raising a vessel of wrath? And so 
there are so many fears of that nature. What if he turns out wrong and then he's, you know, sleeping around? Is he going to be a protector of women or a rapist? How will I help this young man be the best version of himself he can be? And those are the fears, the very real fears that I have and I assume every father has. Will he repeat the mistakes I made? Is he going to be affected by the world philosophies? You know, the millennials are being affected in a particular way. What is going to be the philosophy ruling the day in his time? Those are the issues that I am battling with and praying to God about and asking him for wisdom to raise this child. Yeah, I, I think the only way I have come out of it is, again, reminding myself that this is not my child per se. He's God's child. And he has given me permission and responsibility to take care of his child as if he were my own. And so I'm definitely going to have to do the best I can and allow God to be the father where I am unable to be. You mentioned that you are amazed by how Linda has managed to, to be a good mother and also really walk through her own journey of motherhood, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to ask, do you guys get to have these conversations about your fears does she express her own fears and yeah. those fears expressed in in a conversation in an open table conversation your fears her fears do you share them do you get to talk about these things yeah 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 um we do talk about them but here's the funny thing before we got to know it she was the more contemplative one i was the more optimistic one and uh insufferably so, that was annoying sometimes uh, to be this optimistic, as if my head was in the sandbox. But it's as if the roles have switched in a sense. Linda is the kind of lady now that takes it each day at a time. Like she's very present in his life every moment. Like she's not thinking, what are you going to turn out to be like? Who are you going to hang out with? Who will you marry? Will they bring us grief? Will they you bring us honor those are the things now i am thinking about and she is choosing to be present in the moment and allowing for her whole motherly instinct to take over and it is amazing it is definitely a god-given gift like i can't doubt at all that as far as god is concerned this is perhaps the most um i, I don't know how to put this this is the most holy act <laughs> of a woman the way he equips her to be a mother, to provide, to care. Like they have a language now that they speak. He, has, he speaks no words except crying when she knows exactly what he needs, when he needs it, and why he needs it. And I am always just following suit. I'm just following her cues because I haven't invited the foggiest ideas <laughs> what it wants in that moment. When he cries, I'm like, just be quiet. Yeah. Anyway, so she's the one who's sort of been coaching me. And so in a sense, she has balanced me out. I'd otherwise be worrisome and I would be confused. But somehow God deemed it fit to think ahead and say the kind of woman I need is the one that is going to help me become when I get my own son so that I can be as best a father as I need to be. And Linda, I believe, without a doubt, is one such a woman. I've been gifted with Linda so that God can use us to raise knowledge. Yeah. Awesome. You will pay tax for dropping vibes on our podcast, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we are we are happy that uh, God brought you, Linda. Amazing stuff. Yes.
uh, something you would like Caleb to know in this moment? I, I'm, I'm really hoping that we could, I was thinking about this as you were sharing, that we could record this podcast yeah. every five years and we see, of course, God willing. And <laughs> what yeah. are your views, yeah, like how things have changed, how your fears maybe have changed, yeah. or how as a father yeah. you're thinking about fatherhood differently. But for today, in his course of his first year on earth, what would you like him to know? Maybe in 10, 15 years, he will hear this. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a huge question. That's a, that's a very, Indeed. very, very deep, deep question. First of all, I would want him to know that I am not always going to be around. There will be a time when I will not be there. I don't know how long I have to live, but what I do promise is that while I am still alive, while I have breath, I would want him to know that I deeply love him as a father possibly can. And because I'm human, I'll fail in my expressions of love. Um, but that he will, as the song goes, charge it to my head and not my heart. Number two, I think that it is important that he knows I am just simply a reflection or trying to be a reflection of the Father in heaven. And that any good that he sees in me is because of him. That any wrong that he sees in me is because of me, my failures, my humanity. And so every time he looks to the Father, he must recognize that the Father is the perfect resting place. And that any time he's in sorrow, in pain, in confusion, he doesn't understand himself, looking to the Father in heaven will give him rest. That's it. And that's it. That, that was amazing. I hope it was for you too. A big thank you to Reverend Gideon for taking time of fathering to share that wisdom with us. And like I said, there is much more to come. If you'd like to be a part of it, if there is someone you'd like us to have on the pod, a question you have that you'd like us to wrestle with, a topic you'd like us to discuss, or if you just... Uh, if you just like to say hello, please send us an email to the saintscast256 at gmail.com. Again, that's T-H-E-S-A-I-N-T-S-C-A-S-T-256 at gmail.com. We are working on the social media platforms as well. You will know those very soon. Otherwise, don't forget to subscribe, stay blessed, proceed to serve and love.